Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Comment Section. That's right. You know, guys, there have been a lot of times during this quarantine time, I guess some quarantine stuff was starting to lift, and now we're getting worse again. But that's not what this show's about. There have been a lot of times I thought, you know what, we're not going to have a lot of entertainment news, but every once in a while, they do drop something big. Yes. And there's one thing that uh, I've been waiting to talk about on here like for a while. Just just chomping at the bitch and just being like, all right, when are we going to discuss this? And you probably know what it is. You all probably know. Yes. Uh, but uh, first, maybe we should start with, um, well, I mean, usually on Unwanted Answers, we talk about um, what has been going on, but that hasn't, but we don't do that in here. So I guess I what we can do is ask, uh, what have you been watching lately? Yes, that's kind of the equivalent one on this show. Um, uh, I had a couple interesting things happen with uh, rewatching things uh, over the past few weeks. Um, I thought I'd bring them up because I have mentioned both of these shows so much, and after another rewatch, I finally a very weird thing happened where. For, uh, first, I, I think I mentioned on the last what we were watching that I'm rewatching Arrested Development. Oh, I, I don't finally, think you did. Well, I well have we been know now, don't it. we? And um, I just finished the entire series again, or I should say for the first time because this this is weird. But I was getting through season five. And at a certain point, I was just like, wow, I really don't remember this. Like, I was so weirded out. Like, I remembered it, and then suddenly I was like, I don't remember this at all anymore. And I had to do some research, and apparently season five was split into two parts, and I had no idea. I The first eight episodes came out in, like, 2018, and then the second eight episodes, uh, the, the final eight episodes came out a year later, and I think I just assumed in 2018 when they released those eight episodes that that was season five. And I was just wa- I was just watching it and like, what is happening? And um, I, I may have also mentioned before that I, uh, despite seasons four and five getting a lot of criticism from people, um, I really. I, for a while, I would say I um, liked every season of Arrested Development. But the last half that I didn't know existed wasn't very good. And now I'm <laughs> cursed with the knowledge. I ha- I was living in this blissful existence where there was this short eight-episode season five that was pretty good. And then I, I cursed myself. Um. How, so, so how did you not know about the other season? Was it just it switched from like network to streaming, or no? It was all on Netflix, but um, like they released eight episodes on Netflix, and I just don't think I got the memo that it was only half of it. Because a lot of time, it's common for Netflix seasons to be shorter, like eight episodes or something. Um, that's how like Stranger Things is and stuff. And I mean, I don't know why I didn't think that the the story wasn't completed because like they didn't complete a lot of the plot points so I, I don't know maybe i just didn't remember that i was waiting for more i have no idea 
But on the <laughs> contrary, that that's me figuring out that I'll still defend season four of Arrested Development, which is maybe the most hated uh, season of that show. I think it's good, but season five, uh, unfortunately. But within some sort of strangely good news, I uh, Community is one of my favorite shows ever, but I've always just absolutely despise season four i've um <laughs> i've mentioned that while i hate season eight of the office uh season four of community is my least favorite season of a show that i really like wow um, but i finally rewatched it again and sort of like the, the the tallahassee episodes in um the office there are a, a couple genuinely good episodes in season four that i forgot about and now I have like those episodes. Um, I guess they're later in the the season. So um, there's one that's a parody of uh, uh, Freaky Friday. That's a, a genuinely <laughs> good one. Yeah. Um, so I was like surprisingly not hating watching some of that, and I was I was just like, oh god, to get to season five, I have to rewatch <laughs> season four. I was dreading it, but. It wasn't half bad. So I've changed my opinions on some a couple of shows. Oh, yeah. I had that uh, happen recently with Arrow Season 6, which overall is not a very good season, but what, there were some episodes that were better than I remembered. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always fun to be like, oh, I guess this isn't as terrible as I thought it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so for me... One thing that I mentioned on the previous episode that I was excited about was the new Looney Tunes cartoons that dropped mm. on HBO Max. That's right. I'm yes, excited th- to eventually watch those. I haven't yet. Oh, you should get around to them. It's so good. I just remember just waiting. That was the thing I was waiting for for HBO Max for so for just like getting so hyped for. Some people were excited for the Snyder Cut. Some people were excited yeah. for the on a Kendrick show. Some people were excited about Elmo hosting his own talk show. But Whoa. for me, I was just like, I need to see this Looney Tunes show. Oh, and I finished it. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it's just... That, that might be what I'm most excited for, too. I mean, I do like that all of the Studio Ghibli movies are on there, but as far as new content, that is the most exciting thing for me right now. Oh, it's so, it is so good. They do such a great uh, job with this show the only disappointment is that hey guys i've been waiting like two years for this show all we have are 10 quarter hour episodes can we please get some more i know they exist according to wikipedia yeah <laughs> that, that that's that's the rough thing about streaming is that they'll just only put up a few at a time they'll have shorter seasons compared to like 22 a year yeah and you don't know when the next one's coming out. But I guess I can always just rewatch those again. And I plan to because, yeah. yeah. oh, they're so good. I think I, um, I, I'll have to figure out if I can already uh, get me some HBO Max because... Uh, do you, do you already have the HBO channel? I, that's, I, think, I think so, and I did. Yeah, I heard that um, if you have that, then you, you basically have HBO Max as well. So Yeah, I, can I just say, I love how Warner Brothers did that. Yeah, that's that really I nice. think is great because I would have felt it almost kind of feels. I think it's kind of. I don't like the idea. Like, we'll take Disney Plus for an example. Yeah. 
I don't like how how um for people who put in years supporting Disney Channel and Disney XD and Toon Disney RIP live on. Yeah. Farewell Toon Disney. Go Farewell. off into the night. I, I kind of think it sucks how if you supported those channels for years they're switching over to the streaming service and now they're just dumping junk onto those channels. Yeah. I kind of nice. I kind of wish that Disney Channel had done what Warner Brothers did with HBO Max or kind of done like a little transition where they shut down the Disney Channel and Disney XD and move the subscribers over at Disney Plus. That's what I would have liked to have seen. All right. So I also talked to I think I mentioned so because we don't have any movies coming out this summer, which my God, what a what a summer <laughs> we live in now. But weird time. Yeah, I've been like during the weekends going through like old movies and stuff. And one reason why I did was I went through all twelve of the X Men movies. Whoa. That's right. And you know what? I gotta say this. I, I I've always loved the X Men movies. But I gotta say, it almost feels like the X-Men movies are kind of like the perfect superhero movie marathon. Because when you look at it, you have kind of like period pieces in the X-Men prequels. Like, one takes place in the 60s, one's in the 80s. You have the classic superhero stuff in the regular X-Men movies. You have the solo Wolverine movies. You have like a Western and Logan. And then in Deadpool, you have more of a comedy, and then in X-Men Days of Future Past, you have, like, sci-fi and time travel. So I just watching them, just like, you know what? You put them all together, that's a nice uh, variety. It gives, like, really touches everywhere the X-Men franchise. So I was just like, you know what? This is almost a pretty perfect marathon. Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. So it's like, it's like a bunch of different types of movies in the same franchise of superhero movies. Yeah. That's cool. All right, and there was one superhero movie that came out this summer, probably the only one for all we know. Yeah. And it was Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which was the finale of the DC animated movie universe that began in 2014. So we talked a little bit about some of those movies on here. I think the one we talked most about on here was Batman Hush. Yeah. So they came out, and I was like, no, I've been I've been fooled multiple times with crappy finales. I'm gonna watch the finale. I'm gonna watch the ending on YouTube before I waste time and money on this thing. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yeah, and I did the same thing with Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna buy it, but uh, I just I need to know how it ended. Because then yeah. I, I eventually bought the novel of it. Yeah. And so I'm watching it, and um, I know that a bunch of the superheroes are dead. Oh. A bunch of them. Now, mind you, none of them are the ones that I would have been upset about. Yeah. Like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Nightwing, and The Flash are all fine. Yeah. It's just like Aquaman, Green Lantern. I'm like, oh, you know, they're dead, but... <laughs> I'm not going to lose yeah. too much sleep over it. But, yeah. and then it does a really, it has like a very comic book movie ending where the world, you know, is going to be destroyed within a week. And the Flash goes back in time. It ends with the Flash going back in time 
and changing a few things so that all the people who died come back to life. Oh. So I was like, I watched them just like, oh, crap, I guess I do need to buy this thing. <laughs> uh -oh. I'm telling you, of all, because I've become very pessimistic with superhero finales. The only two I like are the ones I check on beforehand thinking this is going to suck. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, I mean, maybe it would have been a different experience had I been like the whole time just being like, screw this movie, screw it. And in the last yeah. two minutes, I'm like, oh, I guess Flash did fix everything. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it's probably a better experience knowing how it all works out. Yeah, no. Sometimes spoiling isn't half bad. No. But I was like, what? So I went through all the movies in the series, Batman Hush being my favorite. And I was watching, and I was just like, wow. They did a whole DC cinematic universe in that thing. And they pretty much did what um, fans were hoping the DCEU would do. Because when you look at it, you had uh, the formation of the Justice League. You had the death of Superman, the return of Superman. We have an older, more experienced Batman who already has, like, Nightwing and Robin and Batgirl and all that. Yeah. And the final movie is where Darkseid defeats the Justice League, takes over Earth, and they have to have one last stand against him, which was pretty much what Zack Snyder's original plan was, which, when you listen to the commentary, it does just sound like it was a coincidence that that turned out that way. Yeah. But just like, Wow. This little animated movie universe, which even though I liked most of the DCU, I prefer this series. Yeah, did like it did everything that we were hoping for, except it's animated. Yeah, wow. Yeah, pe people shouldn't sleep on that then, like me. Like it just exists. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's already there. It already exists. Yes. So just quit complaining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and another thing I wanted to bring up is there was a show that, from um, honestly, of all the streaming services, Netflix is the one I, I watched the least. Yeah. But there was something that dropped on there recently that I have watched three episodes of. Oh, really? And it is the return of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Still yes. haven't had a chance to, to watch that, but I'm excited to. Yes, so I watched it. I... Well, I think it was last year I went through all of the Rob, old classic Robert Stack episodes on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, 10 more, 10 new episodes? All right. And it did take a while to adjust to how, like, the show is different than when it was in the 80s and yeah. 90s. You, there was, like, a moment where you're just like, okay, this isn't the 80s and 90s. This is made for 2020. Yeah. And if I want the 80s and 90s, I can just rewatch those. Which I should do yeah. again sometime. Just, you know, not like before bed because they're terrifying. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but I was just watching it and I just like, wow, they, they even though it's different than the original one, it still mm -hmm. does a great job telling these stories. And I've read online about how uh, because a lot of people have been tuning in, like a lot of people have been calling in and helping like give new info on cases. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm, re I'm really excited for this because, um, I mean, I have for a long, long time been a lover of true co true crime content um, to this day. And I think I often don't give enough credit to the fact that Unsolved Mysteries is what started that. That was the first ever 
true crime show or piece of media that I ever really consumed. Oh, such so great. I remember you were the one who introduced me to Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. It was, um, what was it? I think it was like two days after Christmas. You know how oh, I remember really? that? You know how I remember that? Uh, how? Because we were playing a Batman Begins video game and interrogating a guy, and he said that the passcode was his anniversary, and you said, wait, that's today. I was like, oh, that is today. It's that guy's anniversary, the guy we interrogate as Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow quite a memory i i i i do remember like in introducing that show um but i remember being yeah. confused because you said it's on lifetime i'm like what lifetime yeah <laughs> yeah i do i do remember that um <laughs> no it is or it was uh at, the, at that time in re it was in reruns uh wait i think they still it? air reruns on lifetime but it's with the it's the one they re-edited in the late 2000s where they basically just did new narration. Ah, oh, got it. Oh, dude, I was so upset when I found out those were the quote-unquote new episodes. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, guys, that's cheating. Yeah, that is not worth it. I actually probably have a lot of those that I haven't seen because when I initially got into it, I liked all the ghost episodes, and now I probably specifically wouldn't care about the ghost episodes. So there's probably oh, those ghost episodes are still so good. They probably are, um, but I do like true crime stuff, so I, I need to rewatch the original run too. I think that's what I uh, one of the next things I need to to put on my what I'm watching list. Oh, you know what you should you know what you should watch from the first episode, the fourth story. Because there is a guy on there, and I think I can say cuz he's probably dead now, who is very suspicious and he has like a Wayne the Pooh voice. Oh, <laughs> and it's very <laughs> uncomfortable watching him like, okay. Yeah. Over here. <laughs> I I <laughs> And he's just like um he's okay with his wife disappearing. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> have you ever seen, like, speaking of true crime, have, have you ever seen, there's this uh, famous case where there's this guy um, doing an interview, like, s someone went missing, and there's this guy with super, like, long, shaggy hair um, do, doing, it like, a news interview, and he's like, oh, I, I don't know, I, we just don't know where she is, uh, uh, we've been looking for her. Um, we just uh, and then they're on the news. They're like, "Did you uh, did you uh, hear they found the body?" And he goes, "The body." And he starts like having a full blown panic attack. And it's so obvious <laughs> that he did it. Oh and, no, I haven't seen it. And it's this. on. The, it was live on the news, and he's like on the ground, and he's like, "I need to sit down." <laughs> and yeah, he 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 did it. He's a he's a weirdo, but it's just that I'm gonna have to look the, this up afterwards. Yeah, I, I can't remember his name. Oh, it's Stephen <laughs> um uh, something. But all right, he's in prison now, probably, so we don't have to get worried about getting sued for defamation. Yeah, no, it, not <laughs> at all. Everyone's everyone's already talked about this. It's it's one of the the funniest uh, just moments of of true crime where it's just. <laughs> I'm body. waiting for someone to put that in like a news blooper compilation. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the biggest blooper is accidentally revealing 
obviously revealing that you're a murderer. On and then, TV. like, the chief of police comes in. Oh, we solved the murderer. It wasn't him. And then the reporter, like, yeah, it was. Oh, darn. You know, sometimes you get him and sometimes you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching. Oh, also, just for fun, you know. During this quarantine, I've been Google imaging old TV schedules and going through those. So I'll, I've been watching, like, Cartoon Network, the schedule from 1996 or stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, that, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yes. Trying to even further distance myself from the current time we're living mm-hmm. in right now. Yep. Don't want it to be the 20s anymore. No. So I guess right now, as we're recording, there's some press conference that the gov the governor that the governor from our state is giving about something. I don't know. Oh, some kind of some kind of press conference. Yeah, I try not to watch him because I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll get depressing after a while. As we probably should be. Yes. All right, so there we go for what we've been watching. So did we want to move on move on to our stories now? Yeah, sure. Let's get into the news. News. All right. So who wants to go first with their first story? No, maybe well, maybe we'll start with this story first. Yeah, I was thinking there probably is uh, something we should start with, so let's All right, start with be- that. Well, well, before we get to that one, there is something I wanted to do real quick. Okay. So we'll be talking a lot about Batman in this episode because, you know, uh, possibly the best, the well, the most important Batman news in a while was revealed recently yeah but there is some other batman news that i uh, think we should sign a spotlight on so joel schumacher the director of batman forever and batman and robin passed away recently at the age of 80 so he can't he was born the same year as batman oh so there, there you go that's how you knew he would one day direct batman yeah that's perfect so, so yeah, uh, passed away recently at age of eighty. So I figured. Um, now I don't know how much of Joel Schumacher's filmography we both know. I only know of two movies he did. I probably only know of those same two movies, but um, I'm not positive. Um, but yeah, well, uh, I think we. I think both of us are uh, probably bigger fans of the the Schumacher movie uh batman movies than uh than most so definitely. i did for the first time in a while i saw a lot of uh love pouring out for batman forever and i was like yes oh, yes finally yes it, it almost feels like people want people kind of disconnected because it isn't keaton i'm just like yeah why it's another great performance but whatever yeah yeah so, no, i love batman forever oh so good so, uh, you know what? Batman Forever has my favorite Batman opening, where he's, like, against Toothface in the helicopter. Oh, yeah. Of yeah, that every is... Batman opening. I love Keaton on the roof versus the two uh, robbers. Uh, Dark Knight with Joker robbing the bank is cool. But, man, that Batman Forever opening gets you pumped up. It, yeah, I... I definitely thought it was one of the most exciting of the the four um back in the day i'm looking at his list of movies right now just to see if there's anything um i feel like i may have seen 
and I, I didn't know he directed these, but I feel like I may have seen the Phantom of the Opera before, though I don't remember it. But I've I've seen the number twenty three as well, which I didn't realize he directed. So, oh, interesting. We're reunite with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Oh yeah. So never um, knew that connection. There oh yeah. Oh, he also directed some episodes of House of Cards. Yeah, saw that too. So, um, for me. You know, Joel's movies, I think, really complemented the two that Tim started. And I think that, uh, for me at least, I think that moving on to Schumacher after Burton's two movies instead of just continuing Burton, I think actually added to this series because I think it took it in a new direction. I also think it put the focus back on Batman versus Batman Returns was focusing a little bit too much on Penguin and Catwoman. Yeah. And I think it made the character evolve more, some more. So I figured talk a little bit about the two Batman movies. So for me, Batman Forever is tied with Batman 1989 as the best live action version of Batman we've ever seen. Just, I think that movie perfectly nailed the character. And I think, like I said earlier, this movie kind of went back to what 1989 Batman was, focusing more on Batman instead of just the villains. And I think that when you look at this movie, Schumacher's two two movies, it felt like Batman went through more character growth because in Batman Forever, we see a Batman who is wondering what his legacy is and has he just failed Gotham City? Because one of his failures was not saving Harvey Dent. And we're seeing it um, be him be haunted by that and because he was unable to save Harvey Dent you know another person has to suffer the same fate as Bruce Wayne and losing their parents and I think that uh, we got the perfect origin of Robin in this movie now they were going to do a little quick scene of him in 1989's Batman which would have been cool but I think saving it for a whole movie was better and I think that Riddler was a great villain that showed it showed more the detective side of Batman than I think we've seen in any other movie iteration and you know the climax of this movie was very big actually both of them for this movie were pretty big uh, where Joker I mean not Joker Riddler is about to take over Gotham with the uh, box thing taking their what was it? It was it takes their data from their mind or something. Yeah, he's becoming like a gene. He's becoming almost a god with his knowledge. Yeah, and I think that when you look, I also think that this movie. I think Joel's movies add heart to the series because when I look at some of like my favorite scenes from his two movies, one that sticks out is where. Alfred goes to see Dick after his parents have died, and he's holding, like, his old helmet with the Robin on it. And he talks about how, like, one day Robin will fly again. And another scene is Bruce talking to Chase, and she's talking about, like, he knows that she's uh, studying Batman, and she talks about what makes a man, you know, go through this nightly torture all the time. And Mm -hmm. then... We're talking about Batman Forever right now, but another one of my favorite scenes is from Batman and Robin, where Bruce is talking to uh, Alfred because he 
in the movie Alfred is dying and we talk about we see Bruce talk to Alfred about how he can give him the best doctors in the world and stuff and has he ever read his life living at Wayne Manor and then Alfred talks about how he loved looking after heroes and Bruce says not all heroes wear masks actually you know that scene is one of Clooney's best as Batman because you see even like he lowers his voice a little bit he's playing Batman even though he's not in the suit yeah so there's that but going back to I think Val Kilmer was such a great Batman uh, my favorite is Michael Keaton in live action but there's a strong argument that Val Kilmer was the best and yeah. I think of all of them he was the best Bruce Wayne and he also did the best job of playing both Bruce Wayne and Batman yeah like when you look at some of them uh Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck did a better job playing Batman. George Clooney and Christian Bale did a better job playing Bruce Wayne versus Kilmer was able to do the best of both. Yeah. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I think, is a very underrated Two-Face because you can see in his performance where they'll, sometimes you'll, you'll see the Harvey Dent side and you'll see the Two-Face side. Mm-hmm. And he makes sure... And he different, differentiates them. <clears throat> yeah. Chris O'Donnell was a great Robin in those movies. He did a great job of playing both the drama and, and the humor when you needed it. And moving on to Batman and Robin, this movie, uh, it, it, I think one of the great things about it is we saw a villain who was in a similar position to Bruce Wayne where he lost his family, but he goes down a different path, you know? Batman yeah. lost his family. He's trying to save people. Mr. Freeze, well, is on the verge of losing his family, and he's hurting people so he can keep it. So we saw that. Yeah. I think that's why it was so important that Batman... In the rest of the movies, the villain usually dies, but at the end of Batman and Robin, Batman is trying to get to Freeze's humanity, talking about how he can still be the guy his wife loved. Mm-hmm. And we see a Batman who's more confident because we've already seen three movies with him, so it feels like a natural evolution for the character. Yeah. Uh, which, I looking at that way, Clooney's performance makes more sense. I do wish he did a little bit of a voice change, but at the same time, you know, Keaton and Kilmer pretty much did perfectly, so it's a little hard to compare. Yeah. And I think well, we saw a Batman who we'd seen for three movies have been solo, having to adjust to working with a partner. And, you know, the Poison Ivy stuff, it does make sense when you look at it that Robin thinks that Bruce is just, you know, being a jerk. But Batman has been through this before with Catwoman. So mm-hmm. we see uh, Batman is smarter than he's gotten smarter than he was throughout the series and we've seen how his experiences have led him to grow as a character and i think that even though it wasn't planned to be the finale this feels like a perfect finale to that batman series because it ends with you have batman robin and batgirl the closest thing they have to a parent is dying and they've all lost their parents and it's all been like the central for central force behind their drive to help people and it ends with them saving their parent and in a way when you look at it 
having Batman, Robin, and Batgirl run out into the night knowing the adventures continue, it ends with us seeing that through his war on crime, Batman got a family again. And I think that the uh, Joel's two movies complemented what Burton starred so much. And I feel like having all four of them together makes it the perfect live-action iteration of Batman. So, yeah, I went a long time no, talking definitely. about that movie. So, those movies. Yeah, I don't so, think it would feel complete without, um, uh, <laughs> uh, like, if it was just the first two, it would not feel complete. It definitely took what was started and brought it somewhere new and interesting. Yeah, and that's why I, like, whenever I watch the first two Nolan movies, I put the Snyder ones in because then it feels more complete versus, like, you watch Batman and Batman Returns, you're like, it's nice, but it's like it's just getting started, you know? Yeah. We yeah. still have so much to cover. Yeah. So any, any memories or anything you wanted to share about uh, the Joel Schumacher era Batman movies? Um. Well, just to say more about Batman Forever, uh, just kind of looking back, I, I feel like uh, – for whatever reason, just kind of naturally to me, I think one of the reasons why I loved it so much is for some reason that movie just as a kid stuck to me as like it felt the most like I was getting a quintessential Batman experience. Maybe because like it had Robin in it and in the, like uh, a couple of villains. I it's also recognized. more cla- it's also more classic compared to 1989 because 19. 19- in Batman Forever, he's already working with Gordon. He's already established himself. Yeah, that's true. I I just kind of felt like I think that's why I probably rewatched it more than any other movie. Uh, well, probably any other movie period at that time period, but um, any other Batman movie at that time period. I think it just felt like if I wanted to watch a Batman movie, for some reason that one just felt like the most classic one to me. Yeah. Oh, one of my earliest memories is being like four and eating McDonald's and watching a Batman forever that we rented from blockbuster and specifically the scene where, uh, we first see Robin for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, you know what my favorite scenes is ever from what? a Batman movie. It's where, um, the Riddler's taking over the bat signal and Gordon's like, shut it down. He's not coming and goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then you hear the music start to crescendo and then the bat wing just flies through the bat <laughs> signal. And then yeah. like Gordon's cheering and you see Batman give a thumbs up and you're like, yeah, Batman's back. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough last year to see Batman forever on the big screen. Uh, I would have liked, I would have liked that. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Did that in 1989. And I appreciate hearing some positive uh, uh, notes about Batman and Robin, too, because it gets a a lot of flack, and uh, I like to hear um, some positivity about it. Yeah, I kind of feel, you know what? I think people should give it a rewatch. Yeah. Because, you uh, know, some people complain about being like, oh, it gets too much in the comedy, and I'll say this. Not as much as some of the recent MCU movies. <laughs> That's true. No, I think I think I remember uh, being with some people having a discussion about Batman and Robin. Um, uh, because actually, um, it it so happens that uh, my my girlfriend is a big defender of that movie. Um, 
I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't. Even, I just stay out of it because I don't even. <laughs> I don't remember if it's bad or not, but I remember being <laughs> like people making fun of that movie and uh, just being like, I'm not gonna say anything bad about it. I don't. I just yeah, it has cheesy jokes. I don't care. <laughs> you know what's you know what's more cheesy? Jokes on the Dark Knight Rises they thought were funny. Oh yeah, that's but true. weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I also love how uh, Clooney's suit was more blue compared to the other ones were more black. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there we go. Uh, a little tribute uh, a to Joel Schumacher. Last thing, though. Um, uh, I don't know if he had anything to do with this, but I just uh, found out that there was uh, some kind of Batman Forever beat-em-up video game that came out around that time for Super Nintendo. It looks really weird. I'm watching was gameplay there? footage of it. <laughs> it's... Have you ever seen the um, clips of the Batman Robin video game for the first PlayStation? Oh, um, Batman and Robin PlayStation. I, uh, hmm. I haven't seen this either. Let's see. Yeah, it looks weird. Yeah, (laughs) you can tell it's like late 90s video games, which are very difficult. Yeah. I, I, I do have... think that this era of video games is probably when video games looked the worst. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, they did a good job designing Batman. It's got yeah, a... that looks pretty. It looks pretty. I'm, I'm kind of impressed. It looks that... a lot like... Uh, it got a lot of details on the suit. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, so there's our uh, our little dedication for some great films in the history of Batman. Um, Is it time to get into some other news? Yes. I don't know if you wanted to bring something up or if we wanted to go to my next thing or however we wanted to do it. Um, I can bring up my bit of news. I don't have a lot. All right. Um, And this isn't as... uh, this isn't going to be news that is uh, exciting to as many people, but it does have to do with a uh, pretty well-loved comic book series being adapted. But um, we talk a lot about, of course, comic adaptions of comic books, but this is uh, into uh, TV and movies. But uh, this is interesting. The Sandman uh, comic series... Uh, um, from Vertigo is uh, getting adapted into like an audio drama, uh, like a oh. scripted uh, audio drama, almost like an audio book or like a radio drama sort of thing, um, which I think is going to be interesting. Um, it's kind of interesting, especially to take a visual medium like a comic book and to turn it into an audio drama. It, I, it makes sense with. I, I've heard other like similar audio dramas. I think they're I think made they, on... Marvel did one with Wolverine. Oh, did they? Because um, I've I listened to there is a like a Terry Pratchett's Discworld audio drama of a few books, and then there's uh, Good Omens has an audio drama kind of thing, and um, uh, it kind of got me thinking like about like. 
it's kind of um, an interesting way to, um, I mean, in the age of COVID, scripted audio entertainment could be like a new pathway that ha- could be tapped into a little. Yeah, because you don't have to uh, have the actors interact. Yeah, you can re- record them remotely. And I think we talked about before, like, how uh, there was that show that did um, the the animated episode. Uh, is it oh, Blacklist? God, it's the one with James Spader. Yeah. The Blacklist? Um, is that it? Yeah, I think I think that's what it's called. Um, but uh, so that's another option because you don't have to be in the same room for that either. But it's kind of interesting. I, I, I like a lot of just audio only content um to listen to so i'm excited for the the sandman audio drama having just finally finished the entire series of those comics um last year or something um so um let's see uh oh i was gonna check the release date i did not realize it was coming out this soon um Oh, yeah, and this is the first ever adaption of Sandman outside of a comic. So uh, a lot yeah, of people... They, wasn't there supposed to be a movie, a movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, I think... I, I do remember... I didn't hear about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That, that's interesting if that if that's true. But I, I do remember um, hearing that... There, this is like going back to 2014. Oh, yeah. I think it's been in, like, a sort of movie development hell for a long time. I, I, it's been a highly requested um, thing. But apparently it's coming, this uh, audio drama is coming out on July 15. <laughs> That's really soon. Oh, yes. It's in a few days. Um, so I thought it'd have to wait longer. But, yeah, interesting. And it's interesting, like, uh, probably I would have to guess that the production time is probably a bit shorter on stuff like this. And then you don't have to be in the same room so it'd be interesting to see more um it'd be interesting to see more um things adapted into uh these audio formats as opposed to tv or movies uh yeah i did see this is from a year ago but it said that netflix was going to do a tv show of sandman oh yeah yeah. With um, Neil Gaiman and David Goyer from Batman Begins and Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think this uh, this uh, this audio drama has like a sort of a star cast um, as well. Uh, I think Neil Gaiman is doing uh, the narrating. I remember. Um, oh. And uh, there are. Um, I can't remember. Um, there were some other pretty um famous individuals too. Oh, I searched Sandman audio drama, and apparently there is some kind of Doctor Who uh, audio drama called The Sandman. Not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, it did get me thinking about a. Uh, the potential for a, a rabbit hole uh, question here, which was... Um, <gasps> I love rabbit hole questions. <laughs> <laughs> which was, uh, to me, I, I'm... I, if you don't have an answer, I don't. I wouldn't blame you because I don't know what I'd say. I but, will make um, up one if I can't. What, what would make a good... What would work at... What just makes sense if it were to be adapted 
in audio form instead of like a TV or movie? Like, is there a comic series or a a, a book or or even maybe a, a TV show or movie that if it was in some kind of like dramatic radio drama style um, would work well? Uh huh. Let's see. Because well, they you, did Wolverine. Yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. You mentioned Wolverine, which I didn't know about. That's. I that's haven't fun. listened to it yet, but I want to. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've got two. Oh. One that's big, and one that is um, lesser known character. Okay. I think a great depression era batman audio drama could work where you hear his narration and you could almost do stuff if we're listening inside his head we can almost go into we can almost have it be more accurate because he doesn't have to bounce dialogue with off of other characters if we're hearing him monologue inside his head yeah Yeah, and maybe having it in an audio drama could maybe focus more on the detective side. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It would be really cool to make it like a, a like a noir like detective kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then my other one is this character called The Question, who is like a uh. conspiracy type character. He doesn't have a face. Let's see. Yeah. He you could maybe do kind of similar to Batman like a mystery conspiracy type of thing yeah so yeah the question yeah, that'd be cool i think the question could work the question is the next character i want to have appear on the cw mm. not maybe not for his own show but i would love for him to pop up on the flash or superman yeah that'd be that'd be cool to see i was actually i was thinking a similar line where like um uh, because it probably has a lower budget to create an audio uh, experience than a visual one, um, I feel like there's an opportunity for lesser-known characters uh, or more story-focused characters. So that, that is a good... Because I was thinking, like, it, it might be an opportunity for, like... I mean, I, I've been reading a lot of, like, image comics for some time, and it's like those are, like, not as famous characters or franchises, so they don't get made into shows or movies as often. And a lot of them are sort of story-driven, so, I mean, uh, like, I really enjoyed, like, Paper Girls, like a ti- which is, like, a time travel uh, story. Um, and there's, like, a... There's this new, uh, like, sort of... D&D adjacent one called Die. So stuff like that I think would be cool given that it is uh, like a, a I mean I don't want to say easier because I have worked in in the realm of audio and it's I it's hard to work to edit these. I have to yes. I edit these things. So it's <laughs> not easier but like you know you, you don't have to do exploding cars and stuff. Yeah, I almost think uh, I don't know how much video I almost you've done, but I almost think editing audio is harder than doing video. Oh, I you have to like I, listen I, yeah. to everything and like time out. Like, yeah, there's not like a, and you have to make sure you're focusing on it, and you can't yeah. just like drift or anything. I mean, I'll definitely say. I mean, when it comes to like music too, like um, you have to be <laughs> very aware of everything going on. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so just because there's not a visual element doesn't mean it's not challenging or will take a lot of work. But you know, in the age of in the age of COVID, we it, it might be interesting to see more audio only content or animated. But yes. All right, so there we go. The Sandman. Yes, I'm now more excited knowing that I only have to wait six days from when we're recording this. No, um, you're just like, what, <laughs> is it going to be three months or something? Oh my God, six days? I think I thought it was going to be just like sometime in 2020 or something. Like it was just. Announced. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's that on that. And that's my uh, uh, rare rabbit hole question from me. So if we want to get into your next topic. All right, guys. So there was some news recently that dropped that none of us were expecting. I think you may be able to tell what that news is. (laughs) It is that Michael Keaton is in early talks, early, mind you, to return as Batman in the upcoming Flash movie. So before we get into everything, I just want to say, let's maybe talk about our thoughts on Michael Keaton as Batman because for me my Batman my live action Batman this guy right here oh the prop oh there it is that's my that's my beauty. Batman right there a beauty this is I, I got this for Christmas is the comic I was most excited for a reprint oh, cool. of the 1989 film adaption right there that, that is my bat. That's my live action Batman right that there. That is so awesome. That is uh, an amazing cover. <laughs> oh yes, got on the back. I think we got him on the back right there too. Oh, awesome. Yes. So Michael Keaton, and you know the Keaton and Clooney too, because they're the same character. But Keaton, that's my. That is my live action Batman. Some yeah. people will say Christian Bale, and I laugh in their face. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but no, Michael Keaton is my Batman. He is, I think, the best live-action Batman we've ever had. So yeah. your thoughts on Michael Keaton as Batman before we get into the this I mean, uh, what this news could mean? I would tend to to agree, and uh, this will, not the first time we've sung praise of michael keaton on this show yes um (laughs) and as we mentioned earlier in the show uh my i think my favorite um live action uh or my favorite of the uh the uh the the four run from 1989 into the 90s uh uh are batman forever as we mentioned and 1989 those are my two favorites and a couple of my favorite live action uh uh batmans there uh val kilmer and michael keaton but yes i did always wish that michael keaton was in more of them and uh uh it might just be my favorite as well yeah this is the closest thing we've had to uh michael keaton coming as batman i'm returning as batman and you know of all of them you know, it would make sense for Michael Keane because he was the first one of the series and he appeared in it the most. So so this news of Michael Keaton returning as Batman really came out of nowhere because sometimes you'll hear rumors and you'll be like, okay, this is... Or, but this 
came out of nowhere. I just remember being like, wait, what? Yeah. I remember thinking, this is fake. This is fake. And then I saw the Hollywood reporters port- reporting it, and so was Variety. I was, I was like, and I was just like, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> is it possible? <laughs> so I, I um, couldn't believe it when I saw it. <laughs> so I've been having conflicting feelings about this before. Like I just said, Michael Keane, that's my Batman right here. Right <laughs> yeah. Here. It's this guy right here. This is my live action Batman. I've said his praises. There's not enough way, um, not enough time to sing his many praises. So, I've been having conflicting feelings about what this could be and what what this could mean. And I've been going back and forth about it. And there's two different ways to look at it. One in which this could be great. One way this could be terrible. So, I don't know who we wanted to go first about your thoughts about Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Well, I mean, I... I, I a short quick thoughts that come to mind is, and is after you said reasons why this could be great and reasons this could be terrible um it a little bit the same thing which is that um such a classic and and great uh iteration of live action batman and we've had so little of it um little so little of michael keaton as batman um so fantastic well, more to compared see. to some of the other movie actors I mean, Affleck just barely beat him. Just barely with the cameo and Suicide Squad. That's true. <laughs> Although he will beat him in the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, it it's great to see more. But then there's a situation where, like, pretty much, like, 100% of Michael Keaton's run as Batman is so good. And uh, the chance that, you know that could be tarnished in some way if it ends up not being good or something. That would be the only downside that comes to mind. But, um, I mean, who cares? It doesn't ruin Batman 1989 or anything. So I think it's just a really good uh, thing for fans. Yeah, so I've been debating. Should I talk about first the, the prospect of what could be amazing or should I talk about what makes me concerned? I guess I'll do the concerned one first. Yeah. I feel a little bit like we're having deja vu mm-hmm. because we had a, about a year ago we did a story about how there was going to be this big crossover involving the Flash, and it was Crisis on Infinite Earths. And the thing that I was most excited for was we were going to have a '90s Batman actor come back. Yeah, even though he's basically been doing it the whole time it's not he hasn't been gone since the 90s but yeah we're gonna have one of my childhood batmans it was kevin conroy coming back in crisis on infinite earths and i'll just it was terrible (laughs) and it made me think about this and here's why i think this could be bad this I'm, i'm i'm almost leaning towards i don't want this to happen yeah because now follow me here, okay? We're gonna get okay. a little comic booky, com- okay? Continuity wise, <laughs> alright, but li- follow yeah. me. The Flash movie is set in the DC extended universe. The DCEU has a Batman in Ben Affleck. Now he's not there anymore, but that version is their Batman. Now, 
we don't know if Robert Pattinson is the same character. He could be, could not. He might be or might not be. But for argument's sake, Ben Affleck is the DCEU Batman. Yeah. So, if and this Flash movie said in the DCEU, meaning having Keaton in this Flash movie would mean he's not the quote unquote real Batman. He's an alternate version of yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman. Gotcha. So, like we saw on Crisis on Infinite Earths, where we had multiple Supermen, Tyler Hoechlin's Superman was the real Superman. Yeah. Which is why, you know, he was the classic, he did the, of all of them, he was the most classic Superman versus Tom Welling's Superman was someone who gave up his powers and retired. Yeah. Brandon Routh's Superman was someone who lost his Lois Lane and his Jimmy Olsen because they were all murdered. Why? Because they were they weren't playing Superman like they had been when they were playing the when their franchise was going on. They were playing an alternate version of Tyler Hoechlin's. Meaning yeah. if Michael Keane's in this movie, he's not playing Batman, the real Batman yeah. like he did in 1989 or 1992. He's playing an alternate version of Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm. And so as we saw on Crisis many times in that horrible crossover, I, I'm not really excited to see where they could do whatever they want with him because he's not Batman. Ben Affleck is Batman. I'm not excited to see them either kill off his Batman have his Batman retire, which is out of character. Batman would never do that. Um, yeah. Uh, have his Batman turn evil. Have his Batman wiped from existence, you know? So those are my concerns about it. Now, there are some rumors going around about what this could mean. And we'll probably talk about that next, but I don't know. So... I'll just say this. If it's for one movie, if it's just for the Flash movie, I'm re- I'm leaning towards I don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. But if it's kind of like these other rumors are suggesting, which are kind of being reported to the Hollywood Reporter, so you should take them with a little grain of salt, but still, if it's coming from the Hollywood Reporter, it's more there's more of a possibility than, like, we got this covered. Or something like that. Right. If it's for multiple movies and this leads to like a Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyond, then sure. If it's just a one-off movie based on Flashpoint, I kind of lean towards I don't want this to happen. Because I kind of feel like, again, we just went through this last year. Yeah. And if the CW universe with Kevin Conroy, wasn't able to do a good job. I don't think anyone could do a a good job with something like this. That's probably true. So, and again, DCU has been hit and miss with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just say this. We won't know what could be unless they go for it. It's kind of like... You know, I, I, I hated Tom Welling's appearance 
in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Although they edited it in episode of Supergirl to two seconds, and that was pretty good because they removed the crap. But we wouldn't know if it was bad unless they go for it. And yeah, I'm glad that there was at least an attempt. Yeah, to try something, even if it didn't work out. And look, I don't. I rewatched Smallville last night. I don't watch it thinking, "Oh my God, they ruined it on Crisis." I think, "Oh, this is." Smallville, he's not. Smallville is not connected to Crisis. In Crisis, he's playing an alternate version of Tyler Hoechlin's Superman. Yeah. So, at the same time, if we're going to go for something like this, I can't think of a better Batman actor that should be than Michael Keaton. Yeah. If you're going to go for it, Get Michael Keaton for it. That's <laughs> yeah, the one that's people have been wanting to see come back. Me, I've been wanting to see him in Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyond or both. Sequel. That's two movies right there. Three, mm-hmm. if you divide up the pilot and Return of the Joker. Whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, um, now we'll talk about the rumors later, but w- what do you think about um, this? Because Michael Keaton isn't playing the Batman the real Batman, unless he replaced, unless, oh, Flash, this is getting convoluted. (laughs) Unless the Flash movie has it to where Affleck's Batman is erased and is replaced with Keaton. But this is getting really (laughs) in there. But what what do you think about this, especially coming off of what happened with Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW? Yeah, I mean, what do you think about? It's not a good track record because of that, and also it it does feel kind of like less exciting because you're not getting the same character. Then it's just like, oh, here's Batman, and he looks like that Batman from that movie I like. But well, to be fair, they'll try to say that he is, but we know he's not. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, but as you said, like, there's not really anything to lose because it's not going to affect Batman 1989. Um, you'll, like, go to it. You'll have to maybe avoid watching the movie for a few days, and then you'll get over it. Yeah, um, but it's hard to know until it comes out because, like, if it ends up being good uh in some way then you're right that like good thing they went for it good thing they got michael keaton for it um so the fact that this is happening like it's It's in talks oh it's early talks the fact that if this happens uh if the talks are true and if this happens that this is the direction they might be going in that's a good choice, I think. By the way, wants to see that. But when we did our coronavirus special, Flash was supposed to start filming when this virus, when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Why are they just talking Michael Keaton now? Could they hmm. have scrapped everything? Well, we'll get into this later. But what does this mean? Could the Ezra Miller situation have made them scrap everything? That's possible. <laughs> they could be like, okay. A drawing board on this one. That's interesting. So, yeah, so, but, now, I'll just say this. 
Now, DC's been trying to rebuild since Batman vs. Superman did not turn out the way a lot of people were hoping it would. I was having Michael Keaton as Batman, this is the most important movie you'll make since Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, that's like, true. You tank this, it's done. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's there's true. no I'm I'm Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is over. Aquaman's done. It's just you are going to be so screwed if you <laughs> let it's like they've been they dug themselves into a hole and they're trying to get back. They're they're crawling they're crawling. they might they're gonna fall. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is something they'd recover from. I think if they screw this up, you'll just have Wonder Woman and Batman for a while. It like that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm hope I, I don't know what to think because I was so excited for this Kevin Conroy appearance on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. And I was I just remember watching it, being so excited. Being like, oh, it's my Batman. Mm-hmm. And then the moment it started to die was when Bruce hands Batwoman a newspaper and it says Batman Reign of Terror over and he goes, I've lost track of how many people I've killed. You start with a code. And then there's another and another and another. <laughs> and then it, and and then we have Supergirl looking at a trophy case. And then she sees these bloody glasses, and then Luke, who's kind of replaced Alfred. Lucius Lucius Fox's son has replaced Alfred, because I'm assuming <laughs> Alfred's dead now. It's just like, yeah, that belonged to Superman before Batman killed him. And I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. God. And then it ends with him fighting Batwoman and Supergirl, and then he gets kicked into the computer and electrocutes himself to death. Yeah, I still look back thinking, how did anyone think this was a good idea? <laughs> I, I have a hard time thinking there was a writer's room thinking, you know what fans are gonna love? Evil Batman. <laughs> yeah, I I hadn't heard a lot of those details. I can see why you hated it. Yes. So, but the same. I mean, I I'm I'm still kind of the mindset of if. The CW couldn't do it. Why should I believe the Arrow... I mean, the DCEU could. Yeah. But if we're gonna try... (laughs) I mean... If we're gonna live in a world... I I think... We can say... If if we're gonna live in a world, I'd rather they try it than be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's my... My attitude is sort of like, just... Just do it. I just... (laughs) (laughs) I... If it sucks, we'll have had two Batman movies ahead of it. With um, uh, Ben Affleck and Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If it does suck, we already have an animated Flash movie with the storyline featuring the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. Although, may Mm -hmm. I say this? I, I'm on my knees to Warren Brothers begging, because it makes sense. But please, as a backup plan, you know they because DC has like three anime movies a year come out. Mm-hmm. Please, 
around the time of this Flash movie, could you make sure one of these anime movies have Kevin Conroy just <laughs> as like a backup so we can have like, okay, this sucks. Here's my childhood Batman again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's just my request. Please get Kevin Conroy in another thing just around the same time. Yeah. All it's right. Something good. Yeah, so, a little bit of a backup. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I figured we could look at some of the rumors that are going around. All right, so, the rumor mill. Now, according to the Hollywood Reporter, the the plan could be for Keaton to return in many other DC films and would basically be kind of the Nick Fury of the DCEU. Now, if this were to happen... I would be much more excited because it means he is going to be Batman, the real Batman. <laughs> the real Batman. Because if he moves over to the DCEU, then he is the real Batman. Mm-hmm. He's not just an alternate version. So uh, what would you think about if they did have Michael Keaton move over? Now, they'll have Bat- the Batman solo movies will be with Robert Pattinson. But what would yeah. you think about... Michael Keaton moving over to the DCEU full-time, becoming their Batman, kind of a Nick Fury-type role. Oh, by the way, it says that in the Flash movie he would be wearing the suit. Okay. Just so we know. I mean, that sounds like a cooler idea to me. (laughs) I mean, um, to have him as sort of a... Yeah, I I think it makes more sense because i personally i don't even know i mean he's is like he is like the right age for the dark knight returns bruce wayne like if you google image bruce wayne the dark knight returns he looks just like him oh does he ah yeah yeah tell me he looks just like him yeah that's 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 really good i mean those character designers did really they they knew frank frank knew even before keaton was cast that's what he'll look like <laughs> that is that is pretty perfect so, yeah. So, if if they do that, I'd be excited. But what do you think would... If they do do that, could you see maybe, like... Maybe, like, we'll have, like, Ben... At the beginning of the Flash movie, we'll see, like, Ben Affleck on a TV screen. And then when Flash wakes up, we'll see Michael Keaton on that TV screen to show he replaced him. That's... <laughs> that's my... <laughs> I want that. Um, no, I think that would be really... And there would be sort of a, to me, it almost makes me feel like, I, I almost feel this thing in the background, and like this wouldn't be actually in the context of it, but I feel like as a viewer, I would feel like he's a veteran Batman, so he knows how to help out superheroes. Like, I mean, if they did do this, we would have already had, I mean, they say they're going to ignore the other two movies. My guess is it will be like Superman Returns, where they just don't reference it, but we will have had some other movies with him that are, would be in continuity then. Yeah. Like, kind of like how we had, like, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman. Oh, it really starts with Batman 1989 now. Yeah. So, also, it talks about how he could be a mentor in the upcoming Batgirl movie. And I'll just say this. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Because I personally feel Batman should know Batgirl in his prime. It shouldn't be 
Like, he's old, he's 60, and now Batgirl finally pops up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, unless we really want to get convoluted, where... And we often do. She was Affleck's Batgirl, and Affleck died? And now he has to take his place? I don't, I don't know, but... I'm not sure if I like the idea of... I'd rather Batgirl be with Pattinson than I would be with Keaton. Because I think that's... I think having... Basically, look at the 60s show, look at Batman and Robin, or the animation. I think having Batgirl with Batman in his prime would make more sense than having him with a older Batman towards the end of his career. Yeah, I think so. But apparently that's what the Hollywood Reporter says is um, possibly rumored. That is an interesting rumor mill. Yeah, I mean, if they do a Batman Beyond type thing, I think that'd be cool, but I'd rather have Batman Beyond and Batgirl would be connected to Robert Pattinson. Yeah, no, that that's how I feel like if they're starting an entire new, uh, you know, a new Batman like franchise, then I, I would, it would make sense for things to connect or spread out from that a little more. All right. Now we're talking about Batman, but I do think this is something we should probably bring up. Now the article says that Keaton is expected to star in the flash alongside Ezra Miller. Mm hmm. Does this mean Warner Brothers is going to keep Ezra Miller after that video? Or do you think they're waiting? Do you th- I'm, Could this be kind of like the Affleck situation where they said Matt Reeves will direct Ben Affleck in a Batman movie and then maybe they'll wait until the DC fandom event, which I guess will replace our Comic-Con special, yeah, <laughs> to announce the new Flash actor? Do you think he'll be the Flash? That, that's, it, that seems that seems crazy to me. I never would have thought, like, why? I, it, I, I'll just say this. I really feel like they are going to get a new actor, even though they said that. I don't know. I'll just say this. I will be very, very disappointed in Warner Brothers. And I love Warner Brothers. Yeah. As you can see, most of my Christmas and birthday gifts are their products. Yeah. Like that like that great comic book. But mm-hmm. I'll be very disappointed in Warner Brothers if they fired uh, Hartley Sawyer from the Flash TV show because of some tweets, but they kept Ezra Miller, who attacked a woman on video. <laughs> yeah. It's that's... like, guys, come on. People get fired for much less, and this is someone attacking <laughs> someone. Yeah, so... So, so uh, yeah. I'm hoping the and b- most people don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash. Like mm. I did in Justice League, but I don't think he can carry one by himself. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is just they're waiting to announce who the new actor will be. May I throw a little curveball out here? The m- when is this movie supposed to come out? It's supposed to come out 2022, I think. 2022 would be... When would the Flash TV show? Well, season 7 would be 21, 8. Arrow ended after 8 seasons. 
This would be after Flash Season 8. Mm-hmm. Could this, in a weird way, be a finale to Grant Gustin's Flash? Ooh, so like the, the, that uh, he would take place of Ezra Miller? Yeah. Uh, for, for the one? That would be cool. Um, and uh, a pretty easy way to guarantee a good Flash. Um, I don't know if they do it because I don't know if they. <laughs> I think it'd be cool, but I don't think they would yeah, do it. Yeah, no, they, they, I don't. They don't seem to like to intertwine the two. Except for worlds. Crisis when Grant met Ezra. Oh, that happened. Oh, oh it did. <laughs> did it add anything to the plot? No, but <laughs> like most of Crisis, it was just a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I tried. I rewatched Crisis recently because I'm just I, I I want to like it, but I know I can't. But I will say this: like the overall crossover is bad. Mm-hmm. But the one episode that lived up to Crisis' potential was the part one episode by the Supergirl crew. Oh. That was the one episode where I was just like, this is a great episode. And you know why? There's none of those stupid cameos. They're they're yeah. at the beginning to establish that the bad guy is coming. And then it's just the rest it's just the regular CW heroes. Yeah. A bunch of cool cameos can't carry a story, so Exactly. And there was no story in Crisis. It was just pointless fan service. Yeah. Which is why I don't I wouldn't want this movie to become. Mm-hmm. All right, so where was it? where was my list of things to ask about? Okay, now this is a rumor that isn't. I I didn't want to say this for last, but <laughs> this is a rumor that for sure isn't going to happen. Okay, it's for sure not. God, yeah. I hope not. It. I promise you, it's not real. Okay, and I I I'm I I try to make sure I tell myself that because yeah. I would die inside of it. Yeah. Turned out to be true. But there's a rumor going around that Warner Brothers has a backup plan if Keaton were to say no. Yeah. And that backup plan is to ask Christian Bale <laughs> to come uh. back. To which, before I let you say what you say, that is like pouring an salt <laughs> on an already very open wound, knowing that we lost both Affleck, we lost the chance at Keaton, and we would have to come back to, um, what's on those lines? You'll be in a bad cell forever. <laughs> I'm like, no. No, I, it, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But if I were in a movie theater sitting there, the <laughs> moment that we hear that voice, you'd be like, oh, God. No. <laughs> what could have been? Wow. That, that does sound like a worse nightmare for you to have to have essentially a feeling like a sequel to The Dark Knight Rises. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that 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 that's pain. I I remember when there was rumors about Christian Bale coming back for Justice League before they announced Batman vs Superman. I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I want nothing from that movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, the thing like. That's obviously a very, it is a very slim rumor, but honestly, if there was a situation where this was in the process 
and they asked Michael Keaton, and then he like dropped out. At in that situation, I wouldn't think it would. I I would like. He's one of the most famous Batman <laughs> actors. I don't think it would be impossible that that would happen, um, but it would be bad for you. I agree. What would you think about the news of Christian Bale coming back? Because I'm just saying, I'll. I I'm a I like Dark Batman Begins and Dark Knight. I'm not. There's issues I have with them. The as more time has gone on, but the thing that has aged the worst. Is that horrible Batman voice? Yeah. So, what would you think about Christian? The about if they announce Bale coming back, um, I would just say I, we. I'll recreate the Michael Scott no scene. No God, no, no, <laughs> no! God, please no! No um, God, please no! <laughs> um, and then I would have to say to the casting director, "Why are you the way that you are?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every time I, I hate try it, you so you much think it, yes. about the things that things you choose, you choose to, be. to be. Um, I it seems like a. I don't think you can take a role that you're intending for Michael Keaton and then just give it to Christian Bale. And they're written as such different Batman. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very different. If they were planning it from the beginning to be like a Christian Bale style Batman. And then they were like, let's style back the voice. Um, <laughs> you can be Batman again. Then I think it could be good, but I don't think that you can do something planned for Michael Keaton and give it to Christian Bale. Like the only, I mean, fortunately he can't physically do it anymore, but the, if you couldn't get Keaton, really the only one you could really consider replacing him with would be Val Kilmer. Mm. So, yeah, so, which, you know, if things weren't the way they are right now, it would have been great to have seen Val come back, but. Yeah. Fortunately, unfortunately, it can't happen. Mm-hmm. All right, so, now I just need to ask this. We talked about it. Now, I, I probably said it before on here. I remember being in 2012 wondering What's going to happen with the Batman franchise? How can it come from this rut that's in, in 2012? <laughs> and thinking, you know what would be great? Michael Keaton coming back. And there were two things that I would have loved to have seen him in. The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Beyond. So what do you think, I guess the first, we'll go chronological, what do you think the chances are of the Dark Knight Returns? I'm a flat-out adaption. Please just follow the source material word for word. I'm at that point now. Just follow it word for word. A full adaption of the Dark Knight Returns comic book where an older Bruce Wayne comes out of retirement. Two-Face has been healed, which would be, if it's key, and it'd be Billy D. Williams. Two-Face, his scarred face has been healed, but he goes back to being the way he was. Batman has to fight this... Now the gangsters have left Gotham, a new gang called the Mutants has taken over. And then when having Batman back brings the Joker out of his catatonic state he's been in for 10 years since Batman disappeared. And then the government says to Superman, you have to take out Batman. And then we have the big Batman versus Superman fight. Uh, except this time it won't end with Martha. But still... 
what do you think are the chances a Dark Knight Returns? Well, Could now we're talking about like, I mean, this movie sounds like they're kind of leading to a DC multiverse. Yeah. What do you think? We'll talk about Batman Beyond later, but what chances a Dark Knight Returns? I don't know if you've read Dark Knight Returns um, or Batman Year One. Uh, I I haven't. Um, I've I mentioned I've read part of Year One, but I haven't read Dark Knight oh. Returns. Um. But yeah, then um, that copy no longer is at my library, but um, I should be able to find it in some way um, uh, on a digital platform. But yeah, I haven't read Dark Knight Returns, but that recap um, makes me want to see a movie of it. That's for I think it would make a really it's really good contender for an adaption. Um, and it makes more sense now why like you would consider someone like Michael Keaton yeah, uh, I hadn't known about all the details of the plot of like the retired Batman uh, coming out of retirement um, that is uh, and it, that's a it's a different Batman than we've seen in a while uh, so or I guess ever in live action right but um, and they kind of did it a little bit little bit in Rises, a little bit in Batman vs. Superman, but we haven't had a full adaption. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would also feel full circle because Dark Knight Returns was kind of the era. I mean, it had been building up for a while, but Dark Knight Returns was really what kicked off the dark Batman era instead of moving away from the Adam West era. And having like the Batman movie was inspired by that comic. So having, in a way, I guess a finale be Dark Knight Returns would kind of make it feel full circle. Yeah. And, like, to ha sort of half do <clears throat> that story in a, in a couple, or not even half, really, uh, to finally get just, like, okay, we're going to do this for real. And I also, <laughs> also like, um, I always found it a little weird. How, like, I mean... Usually with, like, just a novel that's adapted, they kind of try to just do the novel. But with comic books, it's always this weird mishmash of, like, different comic stories thrown into the same movie, which isn't always bad, but I, I'd like to see more just proper adaptions. I of always a, a hate it line. whenever they change the ending from the comic. Like, yeah. Dark Knight Rises was supposed to be based on Dark Knight Returns. Like, Bruce, Batman fakes his death. His death. Except in the comic, he um, becomes Batman full-time and lives in the shadow and trains the mutant army to be an army of Batman instead yeah. of running away at Paris like a little jerk. And Logan, <laughs> he, old man Logan, he lives at the end. And then in um, the Infinity Gauntlet, it goes back to before the snap. It's not five years later. Half the world aged five years. Half it was just a second. Yeah. So there's that. So w the other one that people have been thinking of is Batman Beyond. And for me, I've always, even though I know they're not connected, <coughs> but in my heart, my heart, That's Batman the Animated Series and the Burton Schumacher movies are connected in my heart. Yeah. Right, they came out of the same era. I've always felt like Batman Beyond is where Keaton's Batman would eventually go. 
And I think it'd be cool to see maybe a movie of the pilot episode, the origin story, of one of the Joker. Maybe you just do a one-off, and you have it end there. And it ends with, again, we see Bruce as a lonely old man, and by mentoring this kid, he finds a new purpose in life by working in the Batcave and helping him out. And he gets a family again because he reconnects with Barbara Gordon and Tim Drake. So what would you think about Batman Beyond if they did that for Keaton? Uh, I think that somewhere in the back of my head might have been uh, what I was kind of imagining as like a, a perfect way to do it. Um, am I right? It's like a there's a new Batman and then Bruce Wayne is sort of... Uh, in the background more as a, a mentor or something. Is that, yeah. He's like um, helping him out on the back yeah. computer. I think when I heard of like the idea of Michael Keaton coming back, um, that like, that's kind of what I imagined because I, I had, I think I was a little bit more aware of that storyline than like the Batman returns one. So I was just like, how is he going to come back? Is he going to be like a, in a mentor sort of position? It would be really cool, but it, yeah, it would be cool to, um, have a reason to tie those together even stronger (laughs) um (laughs) to be able to say like see they're they're connected look at that (laughs) what are the chances that you think that we could get if this keaton things keaton thing happens we could see possibly the return of jack nicholson or dan devito or michelle pfeiffer i think i'd love to see all of them i think Maybe the one you'd see the most likely would be Michelle Pfeiffer because mm-hmm. she was supposed to be in the Catwoman movie that evolved into that crappy Halle Berry one. Mm-hmm. And this would kind of be like give her closure because she did survive at the end of Batman Returns. And of course, what about Joker and Penguin while well, the Flash happened? Hmm. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito is still doing some stuff. So, I mean, it could happen. Um, or they're all, here's an idea. Here's my rumor. They're all, every villain has grown older and is now mentoring other versions of the villain. <laughs> so there's a, there's a penguin mentoring an a army chicken. of penguins. <laughs> or, or an army of chickens. <laughs> the chicken. The penguin is my name. You have to be the chicken. Yes. <laughs> or the puffin. Maybe I don't feel super quick to just say, get everyone back, but um, that's probably because how I've heard from you how poorly a huge crossover can go when it's it's shoehorned together. Here's another curveball, last one. All right. Now, they were going to do a third one of Michael Keaton when Tim Burton was still in charge, and then we switched over to Schumacher, which... I I think it was a better decision. I think Batman Forever is better than what Burton had planned. But he did cast a Robin. Tim Burton did. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, Marlon Wayans. Is that who it was? Yeah, Marlon Wayans. So Marlon Wayans was going to be Robin before Chris O'Donnell. I got it. All right. Could they maybe... Could Marlon Wayne, if this Michael Keane thing happens, could Marlon Wayne's have his chance to play Dick Grayson? Oh. Maybe even just like 
we see him on a computer screen or something. Mm-hmm. That it kind of reminds me of how they like uh, uh, after the the talks and rumors years before that when they finally got uh, Nicolas Cage to be Superman. Oh uh, yeah. Wasn't that just in? Was it in Teen Titans? Teen go? Titans Go the yeah. movies. Sorry, I don't. I don't know the statuses of it, but would it be possible to get the guy who originally played uh, Robin, Chris O'Donnell? How, well, how would you feel about? I mean, he was with two Batman, but I kind of link him with Kilmer. So oh I yeah. I gotcha. Like, when I think of Chris, yeah, he's with Val Kilmer and mm-hmm. also Clooney, but Kilmer's the one that first comes to mind. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Then it would make a lot of sense to... It's a little bit like, do we want Burt Ward with someone who isn't Adam West? Yeah, I hadn't thought of it. That I think that is that is a better choice then to um, get sort I mean, of... I'd love Chris O'Donnell to come back, but if it had been Val Kilmer or Clooney... So there we go with our little bit on the best live-action Batman. Some people will say, oh, you mean Christian Bale? (laughs) No. (laughs) We're talking about this guy, right? I had to show it one last time. We're talking about that guy right there, Michael Keaton, the best live-action Batman. There he is. I mean, really, we probably... You know, one or two rabbit holes would probably get us there, so. All um, right. Let's, we'll rapid fire it. All right. A lot of these are inspired by what we had today. See, it all connects. Ooh. All right. Who is your Batman? Which one do you feel the most ownership over? Now, I I, I could probably say live action and animation. I don't know if you, you probably can't say animation, right? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, not. Uh, I mean, my really to to get into my answer. I mean, like, I don't know that I feel like a, a sense of ownership where it's like that's that's my Batman. It feels like a special connection. The only, the closest I could say, uh, as we talked about earlier, since I had that like experience of where I just felt like there's this classic sense to Batman Forever that. Um, like maybe just in retrospect uh, uh because Val Kilmer was Batman in that 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 might be um you know the 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 closest thing i have to that sensation uh that's kind of the movie where it's just like most people wouldn't say that's their favorite but in a way that feels like it's my batman movie so although more people have been coming up and saying that since uh Schumacher died and i'm glad um, I know. See, this is this isn't fair that they talk about after he dies, but yeah, we were talking about it. We've talked about liking Batman yes. forever before on here. So as close as I can get to, I, I mean, that's my answer. Um, which, by the way, are uh, is there a streaming service with uh, uh, specifically Batman Forever, but uh, any of them on it? Because HBO Max. I thought it might be all four of the. Batman movies are on there, Beautiful. and so are the Christopher Reeve Superman. Because um, I feel like uh, it's been a while since I've seen Batman Forever, so I just have this feeling that if I were to watch it again, I might have that sensation where I, where I was like, ah, yes, my Batman. You know, some people are campaigning for there to be an extended cut because there was apparently 
50 minutes of footage cut. Whoa, 50 minutes, huh? Which, if it did happen, oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I'd be so hyped. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, we already know uh, your Batman, as we put it. Yes. Uh, yes. For live action, it is Michael Keaton. Well, I guess overall the whole Burton Schumacher series. But my Batman, the one I have the most ownership of, is the one from Batman the Animated Series, Kevin Conroy. So yes, a that's twist. the a little twist. That that's my Batman. Yeah. All right. Now, this might be difficult for you to answer, but who is your Superman? Um Oh, actually, you know what? I, I would I, I mean, I would say uh uh I would say really this because it's the only like experience I had like it was sort of my Superman was uh watching Smallville. So, oh, yeah. um yeah, I I was into Smallville. Um so in a way that felt like my introduction to the character and you know I feel I feel a more of a personal connection to the character because of the way it was introduced in that series so um definitely Smallville Yeah same answer for me Smallville Tom Wally is my superman Did you hear about how um I think it was yesterday they've been doing Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, Kristen Kruk, uh Eric Erica Durance, we're all doing like these virtual small a virtual small little thing to raise money for a charity or something. Oh, is it sort of like uh I've been seeing a lot of uh there's been a lot of cast reunions uh over like like Zoom call type things. Is yeah, it, something that like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So there we go. Our Superman's doing stuff. There he is. Why? All right. Who is your Spider Man? Um, Which one do you take the most ownership over? Uh, like, that's mine. Maybe not, like, ownership, <laughs> but more like, you know, we've had multiple iterations, and you're like, this yeah. is one version. This, But this, it, it this one is like, Spider-Man. Yeah, no, it feels like the one you grew up with or you had the most personal connection to, and when you think of it, you think of that person. Uh, I, I understand it in that sense, and that's why my answer is Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh, yes. So, for me, in live action, it would be Tobey Maguire, but... Who was my Spider-Man is Christopher Daniel Barnes in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. All right. Yes. So, all right. We'll rapid fire through the rest of these. You can only have one streaming service forever. Which one? I mean, honestly, I probably would say Netflix. Uh, It's a boring answer, but it, (laughs) uh, it might be the one you use the least. But I think it's the one I use the most because I do... I just... I watch the kind of stuff that's on there the most. Um, just weird stand-up crap and old TV shows and stuff. So I don't know. I think it, I think it would be Netflix. All right, for me, uh, now HBO Max is kind of in its infancy. They're still moving a lot of stuff over. Yeah. Like we've seen, there it looks like they're shutting down the DC streaming service and moving stuff over there, like the Harley Quinn animated show. Yeah. So. For right now, I'll say Disney Plus because you have all the Marvel and Simpsons stuff. Yeah, that was eventually gonna be my second choice, but yeah. But eventually, I would have to say uh, HBO Max. But right now, it's Disney Plus. All right, what is the worst series finale you've ever seen? Um, y- give yours first. I'm gonna take a second to think. 
Mine is a pretty recent one. It is the Arrow series oh, yeah. finale. It was awful. So in the episode before, well, two episodes beforehand, Green Arrow died. Now, mind you, this is like the third time he died in this crossover. So by this point, it has no meaning. You're like, whatever, let's get this over with. And it was basically kind of like a rehab. It was basically everything we've seen before. Like his son, for like the sixth time, gets kidnapped. And eventually you got to say, hey, just let him go. Just There's no point in saving him if it's this much effort. And they retconned, because cri- of Crisis, they retconned a bunch of stuff. So a bunch of characters who died never really died. <gasps> and then the, the final scene is awful, where the, this character, the monitor, takes his wife Felicity to the quote-unquote afterlife. Basically, she killed herself, in a way, I guess. Because she couldn't come back. And she told her kids, you need to watch each other. Uh, So she left her kids and basically died to be with Green Arrow. Which, hey, it ain't a toxic relationship unless it's one about Oliver and Felicity. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) And then the final scene is so cringeworthy bad. It's like, and you could tell they were directed to have it be awful. It's basically they're talking about how they first met. And it turns out it wasn't how they really met because Oliver saw her before one time. And he goes... It's a long story, but luckily, we have all the time in the world for me to tell it to you. And I was like, what is this crap? <laughs> oh, it was awful. And, yeah, it was a, it, it's it's awful. It was bad. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to it in episode 100, but it's bad. Yeah. And the worst thing is they talked, they killed off Green Arrow, and they said, well, we already know how we'll bring him back. Well, then why'd you do it in the first place then? Yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, I, I I'm trying to think. Like, I don't feel like there's any shows that I like shows today that I really. Which I guess I feel fairly lucky that like I can't think of a show where I really hate. The, like a lot of the shows I like had pretty great series finales, like The Office and and such. But um. The only thing that really came to mind is a it's a popularly disliked one, but I I mean I also wasn't too big into the the, the finale of Lost, but um <laughs> uh, ah JJ always yeah. creating those divisive fan service endings. But I never I never had as much rage or disappointment about it as many, but I just I see why it's disappointing. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it the, like the whole thing was a dream or something? Yeah, or it was like they're all they were all in, I feel like maybe they're all like in heaven and like the entire thing like wasn't really in the real world or something. I <laughs> I don't know. You know what my disappointment was with the lost finale, even though I've never watched an episode of the show? Yeah. Do you know what I wanted it to be called? Like the name of the show? Yeah. Oh. I wanted the finale to be called Found. That's all oh, I wanted. Oh that yeah, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> that's all I wanted. It doesn't even matter if that's what happens in it. Just call it that. Yeah. I don't even know. Well, it was probably just called Finale or something, but I wanted probably. it to be called Found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In honor of this Michael Keaton story, what modern DC here, DC, uh, what modern DC hero would you want to see team up with a classic version? Um, 
like to get, maybe I'll go. Um, yeah. I would love to see. Uh, I'll just go with. I would love to see Tyler Hoechlin's Superman with Michael Keaton's Batman. Interesting. So um, one that's modern, one with a classic. I mean, honestly, I'm having trouble not just also choosing Michael Keaton or something. You know, maybe I'll I'll uh, fully uh, suck up to um, the Schumacher movies or specifically Val Kilmer and say I'll, I'll say Val Kilmer and I'll say um, like Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Okay, well, that's a good choice. Yeah. All right. Now, modern Marvel hero team up with a classic. So, mine, I guess I'll cheat a little. All right. Because the, this one kind of recently ended, but who knows? Maybe they'll come back. I'll say... Now, normally I would try to think of Spider-Man, but I was trying to think of who would work best together. Yeah. I would say... Chris Evans, Captain America with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. That's a good idea. Um, what about... <laughs> I Yeah, I was initially trying to think of who would go well with uh, Tobey Maguire, but I am uh, now also tripping up trying to think of... Maybe Robert Downey Jr. would. Or ah, yeah, uh, that would be Mark good. Ruffalo's Hulk. Yeah, I was trying to, to think of something like that. I actually, I, I think that... Or Thor. I kind of did want to choose uh, modern Thor with uh, trying to think of something. I don't know that that would work with Tobey Maguire necessarily, though. I think that uh, Tobey Maguire and Robert Downey Jr. Jr. sounds like um, a good pairing. It's kind of weird to think that those movies are only six years apart. Like the first. Well, actually, Spider-Man three and Iron Man one are only one year apart. Yeah, if you're, yeah, I guess if you're, but even the beginning of. Uh, and then that. the original plan was for them to overlap with Spider-Man four. Oh yeah. If it had gotten made. Huh. It's it doesn't feel like a classic and contemporary when you <laughs> put it as only one year apart. All right, here's a little thinker. Which two versions of Batman would you like to see team up? I mean, off the top of my head, I think uh, I think Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton would be a cool pairing. It does sound like it would be cool. I think yeah. the one I'll go with, just for something different, maybe I'll go Val Kilmer and Adam West. Ah. How would they act around each other? Yeah. You have okay. one who's, like, the tortured and one who's the optimist. Yeah. What about um, Kevin Conroy, but an just <gasps> animated? Animated oh, and yes. a live action. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I changed my mind. I want Kevin Conroy and Adam West. <laughs> yes. That'd yes. Awesome. Oh, that that would have been so cool. Yeah. They did team up in a Batman the Animated Series episode, but yeah. Adam West was playing an original character. To be clear, I am talking about like a Roger Rabbit situation where there's yes, an animated That Batman. would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Joker's poison the water supply and Batman sees a cartoon version of yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Which two versions of Superman would you like to see team up? I think it would be interesting to see Tom Welling team up with the Superman Returns version because Superman Returns is almost like a tragic version of the character where he left Earth. Earth moved on without him. He, uh, If you count Crisis, he lost his Lois. I think it would be very cool to see have Tom Welling see a Superman 
who lost everything and still remains hopeful. That's a pretty that's a pretty cool pairing for that reason. I would uh I would definitely defer to that certainly. I I mostly because like I said, if it, if my Superman is is Smallville's then I just want to see something paired with that. So, <laughs> yes. All right, which two versions of Spider-Man would you like to see team up? Well, uh, yeah, I guess I I think that I definitely would want one of them to be Tom Holland and the reason is that he clearly is very good in ensembles. Um because That's true. I mean, I I do think that Andrew Garfield would might pair well with it. like they they might be able to have good banter together. Um I guess for something different, I'll say that because I'm always tempted to choose Tobey Maguire, but yeah. I'll say mine will be animated. I would say Josh Keaton from The Spectacular Spider-Man with Jake Johnson uh, from Into the Spider-Verse because mm. I think we have a young Spider-Man with old Spider-Man because of different dynamics, see what yeah. would happen. Yeah. All right, here's one because recently it was 4th of July. So I feel like everyone needs to be asked this question. All right. Did you watch Hamilton? Um, I haven't yet. I, I'm planning on watching it at some point, but I haven't seen it. I watched it, and during that time, I kept thinking, I don't get what everyone is talking about. Because I thought... Now, they sing the whole time. There's no speaking. Yeah. I thought it was cheesy yeah i mean musicals are cheesy so I, i'm not surprised about that but i think it, it, it feels like something i think would work better as like a three minute bit on sesame street <laughs> uh i mean the only thing like the thing is i don't really like musicals so i don't think i'm expecting to be as blown away as most people just by nature of it being a musical I do appreciate, like, I do think it's kind of amazing that there is such a revered modern contemporary musical. So part of me wants to like it and think it's amazing because of that. And I will also say, I find from hearing the music a little bit, I find it much less annoying than most musical music. And you know what the, you know what the worst part was? I know, there are people who love Hamilton. Good for you. That's awesome. I I was not a fan. Yeah. You know what the worst part was? What? I know he dies in a duel in real life. Spoiler alert. But is it really a spoiler if it's real and it happened 200 years ago? I don't think so. Yeah. So you see him get shot in the duel, okay? And I'm like, oh, thank God this thing is over. But it's not. Because you know what happens? Yo, I'm looking at this bullet. This bullet is going to end my life. What am I going to accomplish? Because I'm Alexander Hamilton. What did I accomplish? I never became president. Who will, where am I going to be? Just on the $10 bill? I was just like, oh my God, just die already. Just die already. <laughs> that's how oh. all, that's how all musicals feel. Like they're all like kind of melodramatic. And uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be on the side. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I, I don't, I'm afraid to be on the side of not liking it because of how, how I wished I liked it, but are. oh, it was rough. Uh, it was I rough to sit through. Yeah. I don't get what everyone is seeing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't entirely get what everyone's seeing about musicals in general. I can't get into the over-the-topness of it, but I guess a lot of people have an ability to get into a different headspace of, of disbelief. Um, 
which I can appreciate, but I don't know. Um, I mean, personally, uh, the other thing, I, I, I get what you're saying because it's a musical with rapping and the, the rapping is really enunciated and musical and, and, and cheesy at times. But I, the th other thing to me, I think that bad rapping or like a, a bad rap song is way, way better than a terrible, like show tune style musical oh, that you'd yeah. hear in cats or something like that's what I can't <laughs> stand about musicals. I, I, <laughs> So that's the other thing that I'm like, I think I do think I will enjoy the music, even at the cheesiest moments. I think I will enjoy the music more than most musicals. Oh, they had the very cliche kind of trying to be high class, lame jokes that the Broadway audience would love. Oh, like um, I'm, I'm trying to think what is like a like, um, oh, should we have the red one or the white one? Oh, Joseph, you know how um, cheap the. <laughs> Henriksons are go for the white, and then you hear ha 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 ha. bourgeoisie love to make fun of wine. Oh yes, the red wine is special occasions. All right, here we go with the last question. Final one for our big Michael Keaton extravaganza. All right, we have Michael Keaton returning as Batman, possibly in the Flash. Yeah. If you had your choice, which Superman? would you have pop up now mind you this is taking place now so unfortunately we don't have christopher reeve anymore we don't have george reeves and we don't have kirk allen so those three you can't use yeah so but which superman if, if they did have superman which of them returning would you want to have in the flash with superman not being my area of expertise uh can I just say Tom Welling again? <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, well, I mean, like, think. Uh, well, actually, maybe I'll take it back because, I mean, was that in, in Crisis of Infinite Earths that it did not work out very well with with him coming back? Or yeah, but they could undo it. They yeah. could just pretend Crisis never happened. Yeah, that could be that could be good. It's like we we can get the the return of Tom Welling that we deserve. Yes. Yeah. I would say, um, logically, I'd almost would say Brandon Routh because he's technically the Christopher Reeve Superman. <laughs> but I would say if we're going to go for it, get get Tom Welling. That's the one that I think would excite most people of returning Superman. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go for Wonderful. our episode of comments section, which we talked about for the first time actually in our lifetime. There was news about Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it it's, never happened before in our life. It's weird. That, like, uh, we thought there'd be like no news uh, with Hollywood shut down and going into quarantine, and then like some like things we thought never would happen all just started happening. No, there there has been some cool stuff that's been coming up. Yeah. So there we go with this, and we fell down that rabbit hole multiple times. We did as we always do. So. Thanks for listening to all of this rabbit hole and uh, all this all this news. All right. And always, people, remember and forever to keep falling down that rabbit hole. <laughs>